Dating Skills Review, the central source for dating advice for men, presents Dating Growth Insider. Hey there, this is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review, and today the topic we're going to cover is approach anxiety. Approach anxiety is basically the fear of approaching women. Uh, it's obviously the first and most important step you have to get over to in order to get some success and have a happy life with women. So um, some of the questions we typically get from you guys around this subject are things like, I've read a lot about what to say and do, but I can't make the first step. I can't take that step to walk up and talk to the girl. I get nervous and I kind of just give up. I, you know, I wince out. Um, another one is like I've been learning and getting better for a long time, but I still get bad days and nights where I can't get past the first hurdle, which is approaching and actually talking to the woman. Um, now, the good news is that this is something that affects everyone. I just wanted to give you a quick story from my past. Um, as, you, as you all know, like the listeners of Dating Skills Podcast, I've been, I've been around for quite a while, like or since 2001. And in 2003, I had a reputation as uh, one of the best pickup artists in London. Okay. Now, you'd think that I wouldn't have an issue with approach anxiety at that time. But, you know, unfortunately, it wasn't. You know, I was fine when it came to bars and meeting girls in bars. Um, that's kind of what I did. But, you know, what I decided was that I wanted to meet girls in, when I saw them during the day because, you know, I was in London and there's some actually very nice ones walking around during the day. Um, so I told my, my best buddy, my wing, that, you know, this was something I was going to do and like I was going to approach a, a, a really hot girl in a day, a beautiful girl I saw. Um, and I texted him when I did it. Now, the first day that I put that challenge to myself, I have to say, was the hardest day that I had on my path to learning to get good with women and improving my dating skills. I was nearly physically sick, you know, trying to approach women um, in the street that day. Now, I did it and, you know, um, thank God that I did. But, you know, just to say that everyone goes over you know everyone i've ever spoken to has to get over this this issue and um today we're going to talk about a bit where it comes from and how to get over it and i've got pretty much like you know the guy who has the best advice i've i've actually seen on the topic um to talk to talk with today his name is chris anderson i uh, also goes by the name of 60s from a company called 60 years of challenge and he has, you know, a great course named Complete Games Selection System that we reviewed last year. Hey, 60, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? All good, all good. Nice. Um, so, like I say, like, we re re reviewed your product, like, last year, and I was, you know, I was, it was really great because it was an original approach, and it was something that, you know, I know that most guys have uh, had to go through, and I uh, really liked what they did. It was very effective. So um, you appeared in on the scene pretty late compared to other guys, you know. Um, it was in 2010. Um, but, you know, you kind of blasted onto the scene, the, the pickup artist community scene. Uh, but you've actually, you know, you, you were, you're posting on one of the big forums uh, which the pickup artist community use, which is called fastseduction.com. And you first appeared there in 2005, and he, he posted a lot. Um, he really worked hard to learn, basically, and he was the number one poster, meaning he, he posted more than anyone else. Um, so, you know, it's really good to have you here, man. Cool. Glad to be here. What is approach anxiety? You know, when we're, when we're trying to overcome some issue, it really helps us to understand what it is to, to do it quicker. So, 
if you could define what is approach anxiety for us, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, approach anxiety, and just to back up a second, I really like your story there in the beginning because I <laughs> think that's uh, something everyone can relate to, and I think it's important for listeners to understand, and this is something I talk a lot about in the complete game system, is this stuff does not go away. Um, hey, for some lucky people, maybe, for, but for a majority of us, this feeling, this approach anxiety, this fear is something that's just not going to go away overnight. You don't take a, a weekend boot camp for two days and then have no more approach anxiety forever. This is something you're going to be dealing with, and you want to make peace with that. Um, how long you'll deal with it in a given night, it might last a few minutes, it might be an hour, it might be two hours. That, that's all variable, but the thing is you will now have the tools to get over it for that specific night. It might come back next weekend. It might come back in a week, two weeks, whatever. Don't let that get you down. Don't make, don't make that think, oh, now I, I suck with women because I have approach anxiety. Know the tools that are available to you to get over it, and then you'll never fear having that feeling come back, which at least for me really was helpful. Yep, I, I like the way you put, put this down as a, as a skill because – I, th I think what happens with many guys who, you know, get into dating skills, pick up skills, and, and what have you is, like, uh, when they first get into it, maybe, you know, they'll meet up some other guys, and they'll kind of get over their approach anxiety, you know, with kind of like a, they'll have a, a sphere of social wings and, and, and friends that kind of help them get over that. Maybe they'll get a girlfriend, and later they come back, and, you know, they're looking to approach girls again, and they can't, and they're in a different environment, and they, and they can't, um, and they one of the problems is that they never looked at it as a skill set or, you know, having to get over that approach anxiety. So, you know, I think it's great that you talk about it as being a tool that you can take out years later um, and um, you can use it to get over that approach anxiety uh, that, that comes back later in life. Have you got examples from clients that, you know, have kind of felt that they got over this and then it came back to them later on? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, and that's the thing. And then, but... The stuff I teach comforts them in the fact that they'll have the skills to get over it. But, I mean, I can just look at myself or even just, just like going back to your story before and even people that I talked to have doing this for a while, you know, they still have it. And I think there's some embarrassment in saying it like, oh, that means I'm mm -hmm. not good with women. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah. But that's just not true. And uh, that can stop you from approaching because in your mind you think, wow, I'm good with women. I've done good with women in the past. But I'm still scared, and what if I go over there and I fail? Does that take away all the success I have in the past or had in the past? And that's just not true because it's, it, it has no bearing on your skill with women. In a way, I mean, I have a saying in the book I like to say, you know, seducing women in a way is a numbers game and a skill. There is the numbers game part of it. You don't know everything about this woman that you're about to approach. You know, you're trying your best. You might get a little eye contact before you might kind of observe what she's doing, but that's why they call it a cold approach. You can put yourself in some weird and crazy situations where it doesn't always go well, but that should not stop you from approaching, and, and if it doesn't go well, that doesn't mean you're not good with women. Right, right. So, you know, that, that, that's one of the key concepts you have in your, in your book, that um, it's okay to get rejected by women, right, which is obviously something that's tied very tightly with this approach anxiety. It's this fear of getting rejected. So, you know, let's get into it here. Like, so, you know, you're saying, okay, you have to have this mindset where, you know, it's okay to approach lots of women and get rejected by some of them. So how does that actually work in your head? And, you know, what are, what are you suggesting that guys do in terms of that mindset? 
Well, one mindset, if you, if you want to talk about mindsets you can do, is think of it more as you are going out, not trying to meet and attract women, but more of a screening mindset. And this has been very helpful for a lot of people. If you think, I'm just going to approach anybody and do everything I can in my power to make them like me, I'll do anything to just make this girl like me, you're really getting off on the wrong foot. It's the wrong mindset to have. In my mind, there are people, I'm out in a social place, there are people I want to meet, there are women I want to talk to, I want to see if I'm compatible, at least at a base level, to be able to talk with these women. I am going over to see if that is a possibility. Okay, So I'm not there to, you know, to dance around and do tricks and make you like me. I'm coming over to see if you're a woman that I can have some kind of connection with, at least at the beginning have some kind of conversation with. So it's almost like I have this screening mindset um, in my mind right from the beginning. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay because I am looking for something specific. Now, this isn't an excuse to bomb on every approach and then you just say, oh, well, I'm just screening women. You know, if you, have, if you know you have your basic skills down and you can approach women, um, then you are looking for a certain type of woman maybe you've met in the past, maybe you have a certain criteria in your mind, then you're not going to have to worry as much if she doesn't meet that criteria. Yeah, very good advice. So what it sounds like you're saying, like if I spin it a different way, is that you know you should be more social. You, you should focus being on social before you focus on like attracting a girl, picking her up, or whatever. Is that is that what you're trying? Like, is that part of your message? Yeah. Well, I try. I try to uh, try to get it right down the middle. Like a lot of methods or a lot of styles are about being social the whole time. Mm -hmm. My method is about being more seductive, but at the beginning, yes, you want to be social. You just don't want to be the seductive guy uh, sitting in the corner, you know, using your eye contact, not talking to anybody. It's great to get out there and be social and meet people. That's obviously the first step. Uh, but once you kind of get into an interaction, and this kind of moves more into attraction, once you start interacting, you kind of want to tone it down and get a little more seductive, get a little closer, you know, look at her a certain way, all the things that kind of bring a certain tension to the interaction, but that kind of comes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I know one of the things you talk about is what, what, what you call the, the big zero, the big zero <laughs> night. Um, right. And, you know, just, just for guys to, to quickly type. So, like, for guys who are going out and, you know, they're actually like, going to bars and they're looking to meet women and maybe they're going with a, a bunch of friends or, you know, a bunch of pickup artists, um, sometimes they have these nights where – they just don't make a single approach. And, that, and this is what you call the big zero, right? Right, absolutely. The big zero, and we've all dealt with nights when we had the big zero. It probably hurts more than anything because, you know, to give you an example, maybe you read a lot of stuff during the week. Maybe you worked hard at your job. Now you're out there. You're like, all right, we are ready to go. Let's meet some women. And this, it just starts going bad right from the beginning. And, and what's going on that leads you to, you know, two or three hours later, you got your head in your beer, and you, you can't even muster the courage to maybe even, like, look at a girl at this point because you've just gone so downhill. Those are the nights you want to avoid. Uh, and there's certain techniques we'll talk about how to avoid nights like this. Mm -hmm. I just think those, those are the worst because they really get to you because you're like, I can't even get started. I can't even get any momentum at all to, to try and talk to women. And, it, and you almost don't know how to get out of it. It's like you're in this fog. You're out. You're looking around at everybody, and you're like, am I even here? I don't even feel like I'm a part of what's going on. I'm sure we all can relate. I know yeah. I know I can. 
Yeah, so everyone's had this. I mean, like, you know, when you go out to a bar and you just have a bad social night or you have a bad night night with the women. And I think everyone, before you know, they get this as a skill set, they have this variability, this randomness um, in, in when they're going out. You know, what's going to happen? Uh, am I going to have a good night or am I going to have a bad night? And is you know, and some, some, some guys will maybe put it down to how much they drink or whatever. You know, when I drink more, I have a better time um, right. and it goes better or whatever. You know, we, we, we talk about, like, I guess all of these we, we think about all of these variables which could influence the night. But at the end of the day, what you want to be able to do is to control that and avoid this, you know, nasty uh, big zero night, which all of us can relate to. Um, right. So, you know, how, you know, how do we get into that big zero night and how do we avoid it? Yeah, let's jump right into it because this is, this is very important. Avoiding the big zero is going gonna, is gonna to make your night so much better because you're going to know when you go out. There is no way that you're not at least talking to a few women, and, mm-hmm. and if you go out consistently, that's all going to add up. So the first mindset to have is this, and, and this is my contention at least. Mm-hmm. It's that a person's social skills aren't good or bad. And what I mean by that, it's not you suck with women or you're good with women. Rather, these skills, these skills of approaching women, trying to meet women, these skills are fluid, meaning they can be good and they can be bad, and they're based solely on momentum. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to build momentum. I'm not good with women. You're not good with women. We build up a certain amount of momentum to be able to do what we can do when we go out, and that's what you want to achieve. Okay, so how can we do this? How can we build momentum? Well, it's pretty simple. You start building momentum by doing versus avoiding all the social opportunities that you get during the night that when you take all these little small things, that when you put them together – they get mm-hmm. you into a talkative state. They get you over your fear of rejection and embarrassment, and they get you rolling where you're not scared to talk to women. Okay, so like, give us an example. Like, you uh, okay. right at the yeah. beginning of the night. Okay, so we okay. want to get we want to get into a good momentum, a positive momentum where we're becoming more social and, and, and things are going better for us. Positive momentum. So, you know, what could happen at the beginning of the night? And it, it's a social opportunity that we have to take an advantage of, advantage of to start this momentum. As an right. example. I'm going to give you a perfect example. I'm going to take it straight from my book, and hopefully this will give you guys a step-by-step kind of how somebody goes from being a little bit shy, mm-hmm. not talkative, into being a kind of a superstar with uh, talking to women. Okay. So the first thing is I'm going to take an example from my own life. I'm getting ready to go out. My friend mm-hmm. or, you know, wing who's going to come with me, I call him up, and he says, I can't come out for another hour, okay? I'm, I'm itching to go out. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to go. He says, you know what? I'm not going to be ready for an hour. So in my mind, my inner voice says, should I go out alone or should I wait for my friend to be ready? So, you know, that negative voice we all have in our head, my negative voice is saying, you can't go out alone. Only losers go out alone. People will look at you. People will mm-hmm. stare at you. Mm-hmm. You're not cool if you go out alone. That's the negative voice. We all have it. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I ignore that negative voice. And I said, I'm going out by myself. I roll out solo. What does that do for me? That gives me, if you want to think of it as points, it gives me a plus one momentum. I've, I've, I've ignored the negative voice, and I've made uh, my decision to go out by myself. Okay, that's just a small thing. Okay. But if you avoided it, you're already starting to go down a path of negative momentum because mm-hmm. you're letting fear get to you. Okay. So, so to, to just kind of clarify this, like, so is, is building up momentum uh, like countering any negative thought? Right. 
it's basically, it doesn't have to be any negative thought. It's something that you want to do. And I'm going to give you an example because some instructors take mm -hmm. students out and they'll be like, hey, go approach that girl or go talk to them. And the student will think, I don't want to talk to those two girls. They're not my type. So if they avoid not talking to the two girls that you told them to go talk to, it's not going to hurt their self-esteem as much. It's not going to hurt their confidence because I didn't want to talk to her anyway. But let's see, I see a cute girl that I like out of the corner of my eye. She's standing next to me at the bar, and I get the thought in my mind. I say, I want to talk to this girl. And then I chicken out, and I don't do it, and I make up an excuse. What's going to happen to my self-esteem? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to my confidence? That's going to hit. That's, that's where it's going to hurt. So that's what these you know, teachers need to understand. You have to get to the heart of what the person wants to do. And if, he's, if, that, if that student is avoiding what they really want to do, that's when it starts to hurt their confidence, and it all snowballs uh, in a negative way. Right. And would you say that whenever you're – becoming more social, doing more social things, no matter what it is, it's building momentum in some way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As long as you're doing what you want to do, yeah. and as long as you're not avoiding it, because it's, I have to just throw this in there, it's not neutral, okay? So if you avoid stuff, it's not like, see, a lot of people think, oh, if I don't approach any women, I won't be rejected and everything will be fine. Well, that's not really the case. Because you're avoiding it, you're actually going backwards. That's actually negative momentum. Right. Your self-esteem is taking a hit. So you cannot avoid the pain is what I'm saying because a lot of us want to avoid that pain. Mm -hmm. We want to go out, not talk to anyone. You want to avoid that hurt, right? That's what we're all trying mm -hmm. to do. But there's no way to do that. You, your self-esteem is still going to hurt by not doing it. So basically, you know, to say there's nowhere to hide. You have to do this. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think we're getting into uh, you know a, lo a lot of a lot of concepts here, and you know, um, to talk about this pain that that you're talking about. You know, this self-esteem and pain. If I haven't done so, you know, for example, if we have this big zero night where we go out and we maybe we hung out with our friends, we were chatting with our friends, it was okay, but we felt like approaching some girls and we never did it. Okay. Now we don't get that rejection. Right, so we don't get the right. pain of rejection. We walked up to the girl and she shot us down in front of our friends or whatever happened, right? But at the end of the night, what you know, how, how does that? You know, how do we actually feel? I guess we feel kind of hollow, right? And we feel disappointed yeah. in ourselves, you know, because we know even if we've kind of tried to put it out of our mind, you know, we've we've been hanging out with our guys, friends, and maybe we're saying like, oh, but tonight, you know, I just kind of wanted to hang out with my guy friends, right? And I didn't really need to have to you know, approach that girl just because she's cute, right? And we miss the social opportunity. Yeah, you, I think we'll sum it up like this. You can't fool yourself. You can't fool yourself. You're thinking, like, we, like you just said, hey, if I don't approach anyone, hey, I don't get rejected. Mm -hmm. Hey, cool for me. But the pain, the damage is being done. The damage to your self-esteem is being done. It's almost better to go, and here's the great part about positive social momentum, which I write about in the book, and, and the theory of it is that you get the positive momentum no matter if it goes good or bad. No, yes, of course, you approach a woman and it goes bad. Hey, all right, it stings a little bit. I got rejected. But guess what you get? You get your self-esteem knows inside your mind knows, guess what? This guy took a risk and he actually did it. You, your confidence goes up. You may not notice it right away. It's very subtle. But your body is and mind is telling you, hey, nice job, man. You did it. You didn't avoid it. So at least in my mind, it would seem a lot better to at least try to at least do it than to have the pain of not doing it, right. avoiding it altogether. Right. And this is this is the thing I picked out from your book, which I certainly saw was true from, you know, the, the, all the time I've, I've been into this and which hadn't really been pointed out before, um, is that, you know, you actually get 
positive even when you get a rejection, right? And, right. It, and it's something that people kind of miss out because I think they're too wrapped up in in that rejection sometimes to realize that they're actually feeling a little bit better inside in terms of energy right. level, uh, which is a reflection of that self-esteem. So is, is like one of the things you talk about, and I think we've already kind of diving in there a little bit, is micro-avoidance. What's, what's uh, that about? Yeah, I really like this a lot. I really, I really think this, uh, this theory can help people. Micro-avoidance. Uh, I really came up with this because, you know, like, like we talked about, a lot of people have problems with approach anxiety. And mm. obviously that all relates back to fear and fear of being hurt. Mm. But is it just fear or avoidance of approaching women that is affecting our lives? Or is it many things we're avoiding? Is there this pattern? Mm of avoidance mm -hmm. that we have during the day that spills over to when we go out at night that is affecting us. So micro-avoidance is basically the little things that we avoid, uh, whether it's during the day or when we get to the bar or the lounge, to meet women that are, you know, contributing to this lifestyle of avoiding things. Now, you know, I'll give some quick examples from the book. You go to a club, there's a long line, you're in the back, it's not moving. You don't know what the hell's going on. You just got out. In your mind, again, this is all the stuff that the thoughts, the things you want to do. In your mind, you get the thought, hey, I'd like to know what the hell's going on here. What, what's the holdup? You know, am I going to waste my time here? Am I going in this club tonight? Uh, but then you decide, you know what? I don't want to go talk to the bouncer. I don't want to bother him. I don't want to look like a fool in front of other people. So I'm just going to shut up and stand here. Okay? So that's mm -hmm. one thing. So then you get in. You go to the bar. Your first thought is, hey, I'd like to know what the specials are. I'd like to get a good drink, maybe save a buck or two, get something good. Mm -hmm. But that's the thought in your mind. But then your second thought is, hey, don't hold up the line. Don't be an idiot. People are going to laugh at you. The bartender doesn't want to hear your spiel. You know, just right. order your stupid drink and shut up. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll just give you a couple examples. You multiply that by 100. These are things all night long, the thoughts that are going in your head. Mm -hmm. You're not living the, the type of life that you really want to live. You're not being true to your to your wants and desires, you're avoiding all these little things. So then, of course, when a hot girl comes by, you know, you are going to avoid talking to her too because you're already avoiding all these other things. You're not on a roll. If you're doing everything you want to do, you go up to the bouncer and say, hey, dude, what the hell's going on with the holdup here? If you order the drink you want, if you, you know, put on the music you want, if you do what you always want to do, you're going to have set up this lifestyle of not avoiding things. And then talking to women just becomes a part of that. It becomes so easy. Uh, this is really great. And it, it, it really connects straight with the whole world of self-help and, and all of the good information out there on, on our own personal development. And certainly what I've seen in, like, um, like I, I know a lot of people in the community. And what's been interesting is that as they've overcome the challenge of, of women in their life and they've got better at it, um, that's really spilled out into like business success, um, sports success, competitions, goals, entrepreneurship, uh, just like taking on all sorts of different things in their life and, and you know, and, and really leading a, a better life. And, you know, I, th I think what you're saying here is like, you know, those things, when, when you don't avoid all of those goals and all of those things you're doing in the rest of your life and you're actually, you know, just going on and you're doing things in life, that also spills comes the other way um, into your dating life, into, you know, approaching and, att and attracting women. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a great concept because, you know, not only when you're getting this thing solved for, you know, women, you're also actually working on the rest of your life. And so you can actually pull these things together and you know that you're working on good things for yourself. 
Oh, absolutely. I think it's great because, like I was saying, you can't have uh, just the category of, hey, get better with women and avoid everything else in your life. We're all different. I mean, we have to understand that uh, we're all different people with different backgrounds and different fears. We have to get over some of those things, and it spills over, like you said, into other areas of your life. And another great thing about micro-avoidance is you can't always be out meeting women, okay? So let's say I have yep. to wait till mm -hmm. I'm not going out till the weekend, all right? But I, I want to work on this. So mm -hmm. it's Wednesday afternoon, and I said, I, I want to do things that are going to help me yep. when I go out to meet women this mm -hmm. weekend. So what can I do? So micro, the great thing about micro-avoidance is it happens all day long. I mean, well, we have like, you know, 10,000-plus thoughts a day. A lot of those are negative, and they're telling you things that you can't do. Mm. At any time, you can say, you know what? I hear the negative thought. It's telling me I can't do this. Let me build some positive momentum, not avoid it, and do something, and something good can happen. I'll just give a quick example. Like, yep. you know, it's during a day I had some lawyer I was talking to about something. He had – I got a bill from him. It was $600, and I only talked to this guy for like 30 minutes. I'm like, what the, what the hell is this? My first thought was – you know, let me call this guy. This is this is bullshit. You know, this is too much money. But then my second thought was, oh, that's going to be embarrassing. I got to talk to this guy on the phone. It's an awkward call. Mm. He's going to tell me, you know, hey, buddy, it's six hundred dollars. You have to pay it. So that's the negative thought. If I would have avoid calling, I would have felt like a chump. I'm scared to call this lawyer and tell him this is bullshit. So I suck it up. I make yep. the call. I tell the guy my situation. He goes, you know what? We'll make the bill three hundred. I just saved three hundred dollars. What do you think that does? Even though it's such a small thing, what do you think it does to your self-esteem? What do you think it does to your confidence when you don't avoid these things? And of course, like you said, it spills over to when you go out and you're meeting women. It's just a lifestyle. Yeah, exa exactly. And uh, it's 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 really something that you know it, you see amazing transformations in a guy when uh, in their whole lives when you start seeing uh, these changes in mindsets taking place. So I, I want to go back to something you said a little bit earlier about it being a numbers game. Um, right. And because I, I know some guys like you know have issues with. Uh, they don't want to approach, like, say, I don't know, like 20 women a night. They find it sleazy or they just, you know, right. they, they don't find that's like something that that's not part of them. That's not who they are. So what would you say to those guys? Well, that is the hardest part because, you know, there's going to be more no's than yeses. And, mm -hmm. guys, don't, don't take the no's personally. No just doesn't mean no to you. It might be not the right situation. She might not be in the right place. It's not just all these women out there waiting for you to approach them, and then you're going to hook up with them. There's women with boyfriends. There's women that are married. There's women that are angry. There are women that are not right for you. So it does become this screening process. It does become this numbers game. I say it's a skill as well because once you have a woman on the line and you're talking to her, that's where your seduction skills come into place because you could take a girl that is slightly interested in you and make her very interested in you. That, that's where your skill set comes into play. Mm -hmm. But while you're just randomly meeting women, you know, it could be part of a numbers game. And guess what? It hurts because the, because the rejections are face-to-face. -face. Like you said, 20 a night. No, not interested. Fuck you. Why are you talking to us? We just want to be alone. All these things, if you don't get one, if you get 20 rejections and not any success, that hurts when you go home. It's kind of funny, though. One success, I have like a saying, one success can overcome 100 rejections. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like if you get that one success, you don't go home and even think about the 100 rejections. It's like the, the slate is wiped clean. But for some people, when they're starting out, they're going to get 20 rejections and there's going to be no success. And that, and that really hurts. Uh, so what you have to do, there's a few things you can do. 
Um, one thing which is very important, uh, I call it leaving on a low note. And basically what that mm-hmm. means is you don't always have to get the last word in, okay? I know it's like such a human thing that like everyone wants to get the last word, be the last one, you know, I got you last, and, and it, it causes a lot of problems. So what will happen is you'll approach women or, or a group of women, you'll start talking to them, you'll know it's not going good. Yeah, have you ever had this happen? You know in your mind you're like, this isn't working. You know, they're, they're not playing along or they're being mean. Maybe they're not telling you to leave, but you're just like, I probably shouldn't be in this situation. It's not going good. But instead, you stay. You take the abuse. You, you know, you let them kind of tool you a little bit instead of being like, this isn't a good situation. It's not going good. Let me just leave. Let me walk away. It's over. It's done. I don't care anymore. I think if you stay in bad situations for a long time, if you don't give yourself permission to leave whenever you want, mm-hmm. leave on a low note if be, then you feel scared to approach because it's like, oh, here I go to approach, and once I get myself in this situation, it's like I'm locked into this beating that I'm taking from these women. Mm-hmm. If you think of it in your mind as I approach when I want, I get out when I want, I do what I want. If I go in in three seconds, I don't like it, I'm gone. That's yep, it. I yep. don't need to get the last word. I don't need to get them back. So you're saying, right, you, you kind of, like, don't have to finish what you started out to do. And I think, you know, I think a lot of guys, and I, I say that because, uh, you know, I was just reading the 4-Hour Workweek um, again um, this morning. You probably read it, too. Um, and it's, you know, it's something he, he really hammers down uh, in a business context. It's like you don't have to finish everything. We're taught that we have to, like, kind of follow through with everything. We're very goal-driven uh, as a society these days. However, you know, what you're saying here is that that's actually a bad idea um, when it's not going well. And you can just drop it anytime you want, and it's going to be a good thing for your self-esteem and therefore reduce approach anxiety in the future, which is, you know, what we're aiming for. So, it, like, uh, you know, I, li- I like what you're saying, is because it, but it does have a, uh, a long-term vision to it. Absolutely, because it's going to give you more time with the with the women that are you know treating you better. Plus, it's you know you know what you're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you know this in business. You know this with girlfriends, whatever. Once you see what a good lead looks like, okay. At first, people gotta have to see what a good lead looks like. Yeah. You know what it is, and you know what it's not. Once you can start recognizing that, you know, you go, I know what this is. This isn't good, and you can get yourself out of the situation faster because 20, like we would give the example of 20 women a night, if you get 20 long, drawn-out, bad situations where you feel like you can't get out of it, that is you're just not going to be psyched to go do that. That's going to be something you just don't do regularly. So if you give yourself permission to leave on a low note, uh, that's one technique that will help you talk to more women in the night. Right. So – I mean, I guess I guess part of the problem here is that when when the guys are talking with the women, um, they they have this idea that maybe it will turn around, will last minute, maybe things will get better. And right. you know, in your experience, is it is is it basically you know, is it something that doesn't happen? It's as you're saying, it's it's, it's a lot better just to quit um, when when it's not going bad. I guess I guess the issue for guys is going to be like when to know. Are there any signs that? They can, they can pick up on and they said okay it's time to quit and and move on to the next one before I kind of damage my self-esteem and make make everything harder in the longer term 
Absolutely. I think, and one of the main reasons that I tailored my approach a certain way mm. uh, to be more genuine and humble is it's mm. such a screening tool when mm. you have this genuine, humble approach. Okay, mm. so I'll give you an example. Okay. You walk over and you say, you know, hey, you know, you guys look interesting. Very low key, you know, mm -hmm. very relaxed. You say, you know what, you guys looked interesting. Mm -hmm. Thought I'd come over, say hello, mm -hmm. you know, I'm Chris. That is a screening technique. That is an opener, but it also screens out the crazy women, the women that came out to not meet anybody tonight, and the women that you don't want to talk to because most people will respond favorably to a genuine, humble opener like that, mm -hmm. okay? Because it's very... I mean, I'm sure you've noticed this. If you approach women, and, and there might be a woman in the group that's a little less attractive, uh, and human beings in general, some have low self-esteem. So if they feel, sometimes they feel, and if you do a lot of you know cold approaching, you'll see women sometimes feel like, is this guy joking? Is he messing with us? You know, is, is this guy fucking with us? Like, what's he doing? And you avoid all that by being genuine and humble in your approach. Mm. You know, you tone it down a little bit. You know you're good with women. I mean, you get to a point you're like, you know, you know you have this skill. Sometimes you could be so over the top that people are like taken aback and they're like, what's this guy? What is this, some weird reality show? I don't know what the hell's like somebody's coming to talk to me? I don't know. What is this? So mm. you tone it down a little bit and you relax and you just be humble. You're going to get a, a positive response. And if you don't, there's usually something wrong. But I'll always give it two chances. So let's say you do this humble approach. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you guys look fun, but I come over, introduce myself. You know, maybe they're in your area hanging out, and they say something like, you know, what is that, your excuse to come talk to us? You know, something snarky like that. Um, you know, you stay with that genuine, humble vibe. Instead of getting mean or, you know, trying to, you know, tease them back, you know, you could just keep it humble and say, hey, you know, trying to meet some people tonight, you guys look fun, hello. Usually on the second time, they come around. If, if they're normal women, they'll mm -hmm, come around mm -hmm. and talk to you. But if they keep on with the drama, if they keep, they're just trying to stir something up, I usually know that's probably not going to be a good situation. And I've tried this with all types of women. I mean, I've approached, you know, strippers with this kind of approach and had them, like, you know, make fun of me at the beginning. And then when I kept it genuine, kept it humble, had them come around, you know, in a minute or two. So usually that, that's a good way to do it. Yep, yep, I, I totally agree with you. You know, you can approach, like, women like this, and as long as they're normal, they're going to they're gonna respond to you uh, pr pretty well. Um, so that's a, that's a great test there, you know, uh, guys. Um, you know, just just use that, and if it's, it's not going well, you can just say, okay, like, time to move on to the next one. All right. So, like, Chris, just want to get to know you better, a bit better as a person. Uh, so, you know, like, what kind of dating lifestyle do you have today? You know, where are you at? Like, so you said you've kind of been in this for, like, five or six years now. So what, what has that taken uh, you to and, and how things changed over that time? Well, the journey was this. The journey was basically uh, I, I don't have the traditional story where I could say, oh, I sucked with women. I didn't mm -hmm. know anything. I was a loser. Mm -hmm. I had girlfriends growing up. Mm -hmm. I always had this sneaking suspicion, though, that women were kind of had a step up on men. I didn't know exactly how or why, but it seemed like they were kind of in control yeah. of the situation, you know, kind of in the back of my mind. And I think a lot of guys had that. So I really, you know, started doing some research. I wanted to n explore that thought a little bit. 
you know, and kind of one thing, it just happened to be the right time in history, you know, like the Internet, a lot of people were writing stuff. There was some information out there. I hadn't discovered the, you know, quote-unquote community yet. But there were some books. There were some things that kind of talked about that type of stuff. So I was very interested in that. I wanted to know more about it from a relationship point of view. So, you know, you could keep the women that you were dating attracted to you, mm-hmm. you know, keep them like you. Mm-hmm. Not from an ED standpoint, but just so they would, you know, keep your relationship good. Then I noticed as I got into – I got out of college and moved to the city – one thing that stood out to me was, you know, you guys would – all sorts of guys would go out all the time getting laid. I mean, I talked to my good-looking friends, guys with great jobs. It was such a small percentage of guys would be like, yeah, I'm hooking up. So in my mind, I said, what the hell is going on here? We're going out. We're spending all this money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, ta- we're trying yep, all these things. Sure. Nothing's working. So that, mm-hmm. then again, it was like, let's dive into this. Let's find out why. And that kind of led me, you know, to find out about the community. I, I, you know, like you said, I wasn't there when it first started, but kind of on my own was kind of thinking these same things like a lot of guys were. And I think that's why it became so popular. You know, mm-hmm. guys in general were all having these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we all got together and people shared ideas and, and, and one thing led to another. And the basic goal was really not to be, you know, not you don't have to be a rock star. You don't have to hook up with another woman every night. It was just to give yourself a better chance that if you went out, that you'd have a chance to hook up with a woman, you know, and get a cool girlfriend. If you want to. Just mm-hmm. do it, just to improve your odds. That that was basically yep. uh, what the goal was. So you know, I mean, you like just just uh, cover this quickly, you know, because I think it's a good illustration. It sounds like you studied hard. You know, you said you posted a lot. Would you say you know you you studied this and you studied it quite hard? Uh, I think in the beginning, I gave a lot of credit to the people before me who mm-hmm. had written stuff, and I took at face value that they were right. And I'm not saying they're wrong, mm-hmm. but I think maybe all of us just said, oh, you know, this guy is a, you know, an expert on the subject. I'm going to do what he says. And it wasn't until I really was went out a lot and then started seeing what worked for me. And that's kind of yep. what I did with my book. It's, it's mm-hmm. my experience. It's not what anybody else said. It's what I noticed when I went out. It's what worked for me. I'm not saying it'll definitely work for you, but this is like my notes, my, mm-hmm. you know, my system, what, what's been good for me. So, um, you know, that's when I started to say, I'm going to follow this path, yeah. uh, which is which is kind of different than, than some of the traditional stuff. Okay, so you, so you put you put some time in basically kind of practicing, um, so actually getting out there and socializing and going to bars and so on. You know, yeah, is that, absolutely. Is that, that's what helped you to learn this stuff and get over the hump. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've always liked going out. Like, that yeah. That was never a problem. I was always right. out, but I, but I never really... You know, we'd go out, like, group of guys, but no one was talking to women. No one was doing anything. I mean, it was just, like, almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, so you could go out. You would, you know, like they say, you get lucky. Who knows? You know, drink 100 <laughs> beers and you bump into somebody. You don't yeah. know what happens. Now there was more of a system. Well, I know. I know. You know, we laugh at it, but that's what I used to think when I was, like, you know, 1821. I had some random stuff going on, and it was like, the more whiskey I drink, the better the night, right? Um, right. That's the theory. Yeah, that was the theory. <laughs> crazy theory that we have okay so um like so what's your you know what's 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 your life today like uh do you have girlfriends you know are you happy with it what what do you like about it and so right now so sex was like something you're obsessed with and that never goes away you're oh you're you're always going to crave that sexual variety okay you want you want to say it's wired into guys whatever it is yep. i've come to peace with the fact that that's that you know that that wanting 
you know, variety of sex, that's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, people say getting it out of your system or whatever. No, I, I say that is the system. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that affection, and I write about this in my book, in the relationship book that's part mm-hmm. of the system, affection is a very important thing from a man, especially female mm-hmm. affection. Mm-hmm. And we don't really need a variety of female affection for some reason. It's mm-hmm. like we see this all the time. Guys can rock stars, guys who could, could have sex with any woman, mm-hmm. they settle down with one because they like to get that affection from one woman. Yeah. So, so I am with a girl right now, and I've mm-hmm. been with her for the past few years. I'm very happy with the situation because affection is important to me. The thing I will probably always struggle with is what do you do to fulfill your need for that sexual variety? And mm-hmm. I think you know, that's something I can't give you the answer because guys do so many different things. You know, mm-hmm. Guys get married and try to hook up with girls on the side. Mm-hmm. Some guys prostitutes. Some guys, you know, be- become players for okay. life. So, so, so what, you, what's your approach to it? So you said, like, you know, how long have you been in a you, you have one girlfriend, and that, that's, you know, is, how, do you, how, how do you deal with this? Well, before that, you, I, we've gone through the phase, too, where you would date multiple women and try mm-hmm. to get affection. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I call it long-term relationship is really more about affection than sex. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't say dating multiple girls. You've just seen them for a week or two. You know, yep. that, that doesn't really count. We're talking about relationships here. Uh, but what happens is, um, as you get older, and I write about this in my book as well, is that it's always not about you. I mean, women at a certain point, they have, you know, an agenda they're trying to fulfill. No matter how cool you are, they're not going to stay with you if you are not kind of getting on that path. Whatever it is, I'm not saying you have to get married or have kids, but if you're not getting a little more serious, if Mm. you're not just open to the idea of exploring the relationship, then, you know, they're not going to give you their affection. So for guys, it, it comes down to a choice of, is this woman worth curtailing, you know, whether temporarily or long-term, my need for sexual variety to enjoy that affection? And everybody's different. But I'm more of an affection guy. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. It always has been. I've always been more of a girlfriend guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be honest, you know, that desire is always going to be there. Right, right. And so you're saying, like, rather than going with the model, which, you know, I think is actually, uh, like, generalizing, but and it's pretty predominant from, the, you know, every, everyone I kind of know is that, you know, they, they tend to have a, affairs on the side. And, right. um, um, and if you look into the research in genetics and so on, you know, it, 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 you know, it, it proves basically there's a lot more cheating and affairs going on than we, than we actually uh, think, you know, most of the time. So right. rather than that, you're saying basically that you can go go for affection and use affection as a substitute but the like the, the, your need for sexual variety is never really going to go away it's always something that you're going to have to kind of control you know oh, a girl goes past and you think mm, nice right um you're always going to kind of want it but uh you have to keep in mind that affection is more important for you and kind of see that in in your partner absolutely and the first thing is just being honest with yourself like some if you mm-hmm. talk to your guy friends sometimes they're like oh, i thought i was going to get over this you know i'm still yep. like trying to you know and you i you got to be honest you know you're not going to get over it so okay kind of the yeah 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 okay <laughs> one one funny story like before you before we end up this so like my sure. my dad um was with with my granddad one day uh and this was a few years ago and they're on the beach and my granddad was like uh i think he was 85 at the time and uh like you know my, my dad kind of like puts a side glance at the two girls walking down and, and, he, and he says like oh, the one on the left's not bad right and my granddad says 
no way the one on the right. And my dad figured, you know, that like 50 years ago, he'd stopped thinking about that kind of stuff, right? Um, but when you're 85, um, it, it really doesn't change much either. So, uh, Chris, like, I just want to say thank you for doing this call. Uh, it's been great. We covered a lot of ground today, um, and I'm sure it's been very helpful for the guys. Yeah, I hope you guys got a lot out of it. Um, you can always learn more, check it out, the complete system. Um, definitely has a lot of the stuff we talked about today, especially for, you know, opening, starting conversations with women, which, you know, it's a small part, but it ends up being a big part to really get you started and get out there and, and get going. Sure. If you don't get started, well, not, none of the other good stuff comes, right? <laughs> exactly, it's buddy. The first step. You can find out more about today's podcast and Dating Instructor on Dating Skills Review. Google Dating Skills Review or Dating Skills Podcast and you'll be there. For first-timers on the podcast, Dating Skills Review is the largest database of dating advice on the planet. If it exists, we have it. Before you do anything else, read anything else, listen to anything else about dating, sex, or attraction, download our free manual, Fast Track, Seven Rules to Get Good with Women in Months, Not Years. You can download it right from the Dating Skills Review homepage. That's datingskillsreview.com. It will teach you the best-in-class learning strategy that the top dating instructors in the world have used to get good with women. Readers say it's flawless. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Those reviews help to increase our iTunes ranking and spread the word. Dating Skills Review wouldn't be what it is today without your feedback and support, so a big thanks there. This is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review. Get working on those skills hard this week because next week we're taking another step up to mastering your dating life. This interview was brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast, so you can get good with women in months, not years. Find us at www.datingskillsreview.com.